Hi, I'm Andy Moore, your Friday host of the 8 O'Clock Buzz. Thanks for spending your mornings with us. We love bringing you this blend of art and music and news and politics and, and more. In return, we ask that you spend a little to support this show. And it's easy. Go to wortfm.org slash donate. And we are back with the Friday 8 o'clock buzz on WORT. That was Are You Satisfied by Black Mango, setting us up nicely for our first interview. Uh, As you know, today is Groundhog Day, February 2nd. And many of our local media outfits this morning are focused on the prognostication powers of local marmots. Uh, Our breaking news this morning, uh, local media reports that Sun Prairie's Jimmy the Groundhog surprisingly not surprisingly, did not see his shadow and predicts an early spring, which we may be deep into already. Who knows? Uh, But there is more to talk about on Groundhog Day here on WORT. We're going to talk about, start off talking about the how the popular 1993 Harold Ramis film uh, starring Bill Murray, uh, the film Groundhog Day, sparked um, kind of a lasting pop culture psychology concept, uh, often referred to as Groundhog Day Syndrome. So joining me here in the station studio today, um, we're going to talk about that some more. Groundhog Day has become a shorthand term for the feeling that maybe each day feels exactly the same. You're stuck in a rut. You can't break yourself out of it. When every day seems like it's on repeat, it can leave you feeling, might feel, you might feel bored, maybe a little hopeless about the future even. You can feel trapped in a cycle of day-to-day life that just doesn't seem to be going anywhere. Um, Here to talk us about the Groundhog Day ins and outs and a special emphasis on the outs and in terms of getting yourself out of this mental feedback loop. Um, We are joined by Sarah Short, Assistant Professor of Educational Psychology at UW-Madison and a core faculty member at the Center for Healthy Minds. Welcome, Sarah. Thanks for joining us on The Buzz this morning. Hi, Kia. I'm glad to be here. Uh, Can you tell us Briefly, um, is Groundhog Day Syndrome even a real affliction? Um, The topic gets covered, and like I said, the movie is 30 years old now, and uh, it's still a a term we hear come up again and again. Uh, Groundhog Day Syndrome has been covered by Psychology Today and other mainstream media outlets. But is it a bona fide diagnosis? Well, it's not technically a real syndrome. There's no diagnosis that's acknowledged by the American Psychological Association. But people experiencing this phenomenon is real. And I think that many people in Wisconsin at this time of year can relate, especially when we have one cloudy day after another. Yes, it seems fitting that um, that these feelings have become associated with a holiday in particular that falls in February here in the northern half of the world where winter can seem endless at times. Um, so... Regardless of its uh, status as a disorder or not, um, it, as you say, it's a, it's a real feeling that people authentically experience. Uh, what tips would you offer to people who are struggling with this type of Groundhog Day feeling? Well, there are several mindfulness practices that people can use if they find themselves in this sort of rut. And the first is to acknowledge or become aware of the feelings and sensations that one is experiencing. And then the trickier part is then to let go of any judgment for having those thoughts because it's not helpful for breaking out of that loop and typically contributes to a negative spiral. So instead, noticing, oh, there are those thoughts or feelings again. Um, Another tactic might be to ask yourself, is it true? 
Um, often that simple question can throw a whole thought pattern off because there's usually evidence that one can find to the contrary. So, for example, no, it is not true. We will not be freezing uh, all year long, and we will see the sun again. Are you sure? Is that real? <laughs> <laughs> there's a funny thing that happens in Wisconsin in the wintertime. I feel like we all are surprised somehow again about how cold and dark it can be. But, yes, the sun comes out again, I'm sure. <laughs> Spring will spring. <laughs> um, some other practices I would suggest are loving kindness and self-compassion. Loving kindness practice is often started by focusing on someone or something that brings you joy. So if you can imagine this person's face and it brings a smile to yours, that's a good place to start. And then you send well wishes to that person. So for example, may you be happy, may you be healthy, may you be free from suffering and live with ease. So that act of mentally send, sending these wishes can create a real shift in your mood. And the practice typically expands from there to include the self and acquaintances and even people you have difficulty with. But starting with someone you love who brings you joy is a great way to experience the power of this practice. I recall hearing um, some remarks by Richie Davidson, the founder of mm -hmm. the Center for Healthy Minds, and he described starting his day by looking at his calendar, as so many of us do when we're getting ready for a work day. And then he said he takes time to look at all the people he has appointments with and to do this sort of practice specifically about each of those people, visualize them in his head, think some, you know, centering thoughts about them, think kind thoughts about them, gratitude. And I, I spent a few days trying to do this on my um, city bus commute to work. And <laughs> I still have a lot of squirrel brain. So I, I will, I might take a, another crack at doing that again. <laughs> well, Absolutely. I mean, it does. These things are called practices for a reason. Yes. Um, so another practice that you could add to that is self-compassion. And this is a practice that sometimes can be hard for people, um, but it's ultimately really effective. And one easy way to start is to think about what a friend might say to comfort you or what you might say to a friend. And then you use that same language with yourself. So we're often so much more critical with ourselves and extending a little compassion to yourself can go a long way. And a part of this practice is also the realization that we are not alone alone in our experiences. So much of what we experience is part of the human condition. And as such, others are also having the same struggles. Do you find that for many people, it comes much more naturally to think helpful thoughts and kind thoughts toward others than it is to themselves? Yeah, that is that is the consensus. Um, and again, why it's a practice. And these things, like you said, you've tried this on the bus, are they are short, they are simple, simple in concept, but not always to implement, um, because it does take a, a little effort. And so um, practicing though can make a really big difference. And it doesn't need to take a lot of time. I have um, one other question about that. I know I've heard from friends who feel like they want to start a practice, but they go right down all they they skip all the simple quick steps and go with the like, I need a mindfulness room in my house, hmm. which means I need to clear out a room and repaint it and buy buy a bunch of nice lamps. And you know, are there uh -huh. are, are some of these practices things someone can do in a break room at work or sitting at their desk taking a mental break from their their desk work? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, that is the good news. This doesn't need to cost anything, anything in terms of finances or really your time. Um, and so I would actually point people to our website at the Center for Healthy Minds, and specifically the Healthy Minds program that was developed at the center. It's freely available, and it can it will guide people through different exercises that can help interrupt these unhelpful patterns of thinking. 
And I think that that is the good news. We don't have to believe everything our mind tells us, and we have more control of our thoughts than we might realize. So um, you don't need a new room. <laughs> it can just be a few moments. And you can really like find a sense of agency somewhat quickly if you can just adjust this way of thinking and yeah, train yourself to th- start Absolutely. thinking in that way. Yes. And that is evidence that we have from the center that the brain really is plastic and across the lifespan. So there is the opportunity to change the way that your mind works. Um, if you are just joining us, we are speaking with Sarah Short from the Center for Healthy Minds. Uh, this Center for Healthy Minds is located here in Madison, and the center envisions a kinder, wiser, more compassionate world with a mission to cultivate well-being and relieve suffering through a scientific understanding of the mind. So it is a research hub. It's a practice hub. Um, Sarah, can you tell us a bit uh, more about the center itself and the types of research that are happening there now? Yeah, it is, it's primarily a research center. Mm-hmm. And as you say, it's situated within the University of Wisconsin-Madison. And there's a lot of excellent research that's happening at the Center for Healthy Minds. We're an interdisciplinary center with faculty from departments across campus. And the topics that we cover really ranges widely. Um, but all of the work that's done supports our mission to cultivate well-being and relieve suffering through a scientific understanding of the mind. Um, some of this work uh, that's happening at the center now is focused on developing novel and objective methods for measuring well-being. We also focus on investigating well-being across the lifespan and what will promote well-being. So this includes everything from pregnancy through early childhood and college-age students through even through the end of life. And we work with clinical populations, teachers, police officers, families with a parent who's incarcerated, people who are in the workplace, and so on. Um, And much of this work has produced really compelling evidence for the power of mindfulness practices across a variety of contexts and populations. So if people are interested, they can find more details on our website, including links to some of the scientific publications and how they might get involved in the research or support the work of the center. And that uh, website is centerhealthyminds.org. So much of what you talk about is uh, positive focused and and sort of adjusting the mind to to think positively about what's at hand. I know some people find relief in the opposite way of like some uh, like running out to the lake and screaming. Um, There is a rage room in Milwaukee where you can pay to smash up an office um <laughs> there are there are facebook sort of support type groups but mostly uh, mostly set up to let people just have a, an, a, a confidential place to just vent their very short vent is is the venting and releasing of negative thoughts actually helpful or um detrimental to the, these types of practices i'm sure it's it can be both, but yeah, I mean, I think there are all kinds of strategies that promote well-being, and certainly there's a lot of evidence for social support. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where kind of we try to stay situated is within the science and what sort of evidence do we have. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think you know there are different things that fit different people's needs, and mindfulness certainly is not going to be the solution for everybody and for everything, but. Um, In terms of things like Groundhog Day, certainly this um, interrupting that sort of thought pattern and feeling in a rough rut, these simple practices can be really helpful. 
Uh, and you mentioned uh, some of the resources available to the public through the center. And again, that website is centerhealthyminds.org. Can you tell us uh, more about your app and other other things people might um, be able to access at your site? Yeah. So the Healthy Minds program, uh, as you mentioned, is an app and it is evidence-based and freely available. So this program can be tailored to individual needs and you can participate in more traditional seated practices or discover ways to practice mindfulness while you're on the move or during daily uh, life, just things like folding laundry or brushing your teeth. So this program can be downloaded in the App Store and it's compatible with multiple devices. Um, You also have some resources for teachers and for young children, Mm -hmm. yes? Yeah, so another resource we have um, that's also freely available is the Kindness Curriculum. And this is designed for preschool-aged children. And we're currently working on materials to expand this curriculum with content for younger children and parents. That can also be downloaded from the center's website. Um, And the website's a great place to go to see um, upcoming events and webinars and um, other information about the variety of research that's happening at the center. And speaking of events, uh, there is a free public event tomorrow at the Center for Healthy Minds uh, called Opening Conversation, Actions for the Earth. So this is looking at sort of an intersection of mindfulness and and climate issues. Um, This will be... uh, led by curator Stephanie Smith and talking uh, with guests about eco-anxiety and art and resilience. It looks like a really a very interesting combination of many topics, um, something that you probably offer quite a bit at the center, yes? Yes, this should be a really excellent yeah. event. Yeah, there's always something interesting happening. Um, and we were talking about how you you can, you can start anytime, you can start easily, start simply. Um, what would be one easy mindfulness action people can take today? Uh, Another practice is gratitude practice, and this is simple um, and can also be helpful for reorienting your state of mind. So with this practice, you focus your attention on things that you're grateful for. This could be having a warm place to live during the cold Wisconsin winter, uh, or maybe the joy that your pet brings, or any other part of your life that you might take for granted. Um, And then just stopping to make a short list of these things on a daily basis has been shown to improve psychological well-being and can be an easy place for listeners to start if they're experiencing Groundhog Day syndrome. (laughs) Well, and I think um, since you're you're an expert in this field, I'll ask you an important question for our listeners. I know it feels like um, this gray February will never end. It's just begun. But will tomorrow be February 3rd? Will it be a new day? (laughs) It will indeed. And we can trust the groundhog on that. (laughs) Excellent. Well, Sarah, thank you so much. We've been speaking with Sarah Short from UW-Madison and the Center for Healthy Minds. Again, you can access many uh, free resources at centerhealthyminds.org. We are now going to shift into some music and we will be back shortly with Anker's Picks. Uh, Sarah, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. This was fun.